Comics Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 2, Episode 2, Muscle Car and Paperclip. The original air date for this episode was October 6th, 2017. It was directed by Erickson Kaur, who it looks like was the director and cinematographer on Invincible and the Point Break remake, uh, and it was written by Nancy Q. Why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, uh, Riley is being recruited by a group of unknown hackers to do an unknown job. So right. she's forced to come out of hacker retirement for the Phoenix Foundation in order to go in solo on a, her first solo mission. Which I think is the first time that we've had uh, Riley... Um be recruited back into her old hacking career. Yeah. No, it's uh, not. It's not. <laughs> We've had that a couple times now. No, but I mean, like, where where they've... This is a mission-sanctioned coming right. out of retirement. Yeah. I mean, her job is the company hacker. She did go rogue that one time okay. uh, when her mother's life uh, was... A, didn't they have, like, a thing that was going to, like, cut her head off? Yeah, it was going to decapitate her. Oh, my gosh, her. that was crazy. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so... Uh, I, I would say like this is her first kind of coming out of retirement yeah. as, as a professional gun-for-hire hacker. So we start in uh, the back of a military plane. Yeah, a cargo plane. Over South Korea. Which is never relevant. I mean, like, the, the, location, no, the yeah. location that they are is not relevant. It's just to show that they're international. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're fighting a whole bunch of guys on the back door, and the back door of this plane is wide open. In, on Bad Guy Airlines, which mm-hmm. is the... The first of a couple, uh, like, silly titling. Yeah, I don't know how they got away with it, too. That's like a registered trademark. <laughs> yeah, Bad Guy Airlines uh, could definitely see these guys. Um, and so while Mac and Jack are fighting off, there's only four There's four guys, yeah. so they're each kind of taking two. Riley is completely unhindered to do her hacking job, because even, even though they keep yelling orders to her to close the door, right. none of the bad guys are going after her to stop her from trying to close the door. Right. Um, she also says that the plane is unhackable because it's military grade, even though she's hacked the NSA twice. Yeah. Um, and she'll hack all sorts of things in this episode. Yeah. And so it's like, just, isn't there usually just a, like a lever or a big switch on the wall to That's open That's what and she close? meant by unhackable. She's like, no, you don't understand, Jack. It's unhackable. I'd have to push that button. <laughs> it's an analog <laughs> switch. I can't hack it. I, I literally hack it. cannot. I'm not trained in buttons. Um, I mean, keyboard buttons. Key- yeah, those are. Those but are. they're called keys here so yeah, it's, a, it's di- a different thing nomenclature is important here yeah um so uh macgyver they managed to get like all four of the guys like in a dizzy to be kind of like dizzy and disoriented right so macgyver has time to attach a harness to all four of them and then uh let loose a, a cargo container of just random supplies yeah. presumably they're dropping all these like four armed gunmen into like the middle of South Korea. Yeah, well, because they're 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 they have an EMP device, right? Um, and so I imagine like they would parachute in over Seoul or some kind of target and trigger the EMP. Yeah, it looks like this like fat little thermos with blue mm-hmm. light coming out of it, which is exactly how I picture a EMP. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I, I really like the EMP in uh, device in Ocean's Eleven. Like that was probably one of the coolest ones. Yeah. Or it's like it's like in a fluid in the coil and it's just like yeah. Um, uh, actually, I like that whole sequence because I love uh, Don Cheadle 
like before he hits it, he like he puts his hand over his genitals. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he's getting okay. an X-ray. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, one of the guys manages to survive the cargo container drop. He cuts himself loose in time. So Riley pulls a gun on him. But then Riley has like PTSD flashbacks of her encounter with uh, the guy from last season in which she had a yeah. scuffle with. This and, was in the finale, yeah. or either the first or second part of the finale yeah. last season where she had to kill a guy in yeah. a room and she was like, and oh, the, I'm not, this isn't my thing. And it really wasn't, it wasn't like a guy was standing there and she said, don't move or I'll kill you and she shot him. It was a, it was, they were in a roll kind of tumble fight for the gun and the gun went off. Yeah. She still is responsible in a sense, but I feel like he could have been just as much responsible for shooting himself trying to grab the gun. Right. But it also, it doesn't, it feels like, um, do you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all? Uh, I have not. I have not watched it. Well, there's a very clear distinction between the, like, agents and the people that do the science stuff. Okay. I feel like on this show, it doesn't feel like it's as thick a line mm. between, like, because, like, Bozer has, like, just demolished people. Like, the, yeah. last week you hit that guy in the back of the head with a giant freaking candlestick. Right. I but feel this... like, like, it doesn't, it I didn't understand why she wasn't shooting the guy. Even when they showed the flashbacks of the other thing, I was like, what is that? Is, are they saying this guy looks like the guy that she shot last season and mm. she's confused? Like, I literally didn't even understand why they were putting in flashbacks because she seems so much exactly like everyone else on the show mm-hmm. that I didn't get that she wouldn't shoot the guy yeah. because she's, like, too scared to. Because she doesn't seem scared. Yeah. Like, she seems less scared than Jack most of the time. And, and I mean... I suppose she just shot him in the leg or something. But the people on on Agents of Shield that are like the science team, like I, if you gave one of them a gun, I would understand why they would be nervous to shoot it because they're yeah. not trained in firearms. But it just feels like Riley and Bozer on this show are just as capable of shooting anybody as anybody. Well, cause they, and they have been trained. Like yeah. they, they they talked about putting them through basic training and, yeah. and getting them getting them ready for the field. So I just I it confused me. Like and if she's if she's not completely field trained, then why was she in the back of this plane anyway? She could have been hacking it from. From home, you know, in the, yeah. in the room with the computer wall. Uh, <laughs> so she can't bring herself to shoot. Um, so the guy's got the EMP and he's going to trigger it now. Right. And and it cuts to like Bozer and and uh, Maddie watching from headquarters, and Bozer's like, "That guy's not crazy enough to to trigger that EMP while he's on a plane, right?" And so of course he does, and they and the Phoenix completely loses communication because the EMP, you know, goes off. Um, and then the guy throws on, like the last, the last parachute, parachute and, and, jumps, and out. jumps off. So the plane's disabled. It's it's starting to. They, they, there's a shot of it, exterior shot of it, kind of like knocking its wings. As it immediately it's, hangs to the left. Yeah, and then Mac just says a line like, "It's like, well, the only the only way I had to make more parachutes, we just dropped out the window, and then cut to the opening. Yep. Opening credits. So it's like, okay, well, when we come, Bozer's like, well, if he kills the plane, then they're all going to die, and then." MacGyver's like, yep, we're all going to die because he killed the plane. Yep. And then we see the titles for MacGyver, and then we just cut to, like, a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, no, it's not even that. We just cut to Bozer at, in the oh, right. in the Phoenix Foundation lab making a dress. Yeah. Uh, a bulletproof dress, though, actually. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, uh, for uh, Sam Cage to wear. Um, is it Gage or Cage? I can't remember. Cage. It's Cage, right? Yeah. Um, uh and because uh, she's going to go on an assignment and she needs a bulletproof dress. Right. And Bozer tries to tell her a story about how he learned to sew, but she instantly recognizes it as a lie. Um, and and Bozer admits that there's a bet 
to see if someone can lie to you. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to make a prediction on the show that the only person who's going to successfully lie to her is going to be MacGyver. Okay. That that's he's he's going to be the only one. Who, he who's doesn't successful. lie though. But that's why she won't expect it. I feel like it makes more sense if he's the worst liar. Really? Because he's he's has the least practice. Mm. But um, yeah, Jack obviously isn't even trying when he lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter. So uh, that's from there we go to Chuck E. Cheese where there is a throwaway line about the plane. Right. Like, He's just like, well, when you survive a plane crash, there's nothing like a good <laughs> slice of pizza to cheer you up. And it's like, what? You guys were in a military plane that crashed either directly into the ocean or into a bunch of buildings in South Korea. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it's really ridiculously bad and, yeah. and frustrating and insulting as, as an audience member to just have a throwaway line. We survived the plane crash. Yeah. Um, thank God for the such and such device. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, uh, I, <laughs> I, I said, and I said when we were watching the show, it's like we're just going to cut back from this. We're not going to know what yeah, happened. Yeah, they're with not going to explain crash. why they survived this plane crash um, when, but when two different characters both said this basically spells out our fate if this plane gets deactivated. Yeah. Um. Yeah, whatever. Um. I, <laughs> I have a note here. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I just put pun. <laughs> I don't know what that note means. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, I bet it was really funny. Uh, so at the Chuck E. Cheese, Jack is giving Riley advice about coming to terms with uh, the mission, her her failure to 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 take action on the plane. Because basically, he and MacGyver have jumped on the blame for this because Maddie doesn't know what happened. Right. So they're both saying, "Oh, it was our fault because you know we're supposed to take down all the suspects. It's not Riley's job to shoot at people." Mm-hmm. But she knows it's her fault because she didn't take down the suspect. Right. Even though it doesn't matter because an empty plane crashed and everyone was fine. Yeah. And the MP, I guess... Oh. Nobody's even got a scratch. They all survived yeah. a military plane crashing full speed right. into the ocean or land. Well, you saw the mummy, right? Tom Cruise survived it. He was fine. Right. So are they all mummies now? Is that the point? <laughs> That's the they, rule. they keep getting redirected to this burial site and they don't know why. Uh, oh, God. What if the rest of the season is just like... <laughs> it's like a yeah, uh, it's not real. What's it called? Uh, uh, Jacob's ladder scenario. Yeah, they've all died in this crash. This horrible fiery <laughs> crash. Um, uh, I see dead people. They don't even know that they're dead. Jack tries to also like have her come to terms with uh, you know with the guy she killed and how that's thing something that's going to stick with you, but you have to be able to move on. You have to have the strength to move on from it. Yeah. Um, that's when they get the call to head back into the Phoenix because uh, a, a new group of hackers that no one's heard of yeah. has... Something 87 or... A, yeah, Bedlam. Like, Bedlam 87. Yeah. Um, they've come out of... Well, they haven't come out. They've, they've intercepted transmissions that this group is looking for Artemis 37, which is... Which is Riley's, Riley's username, handle. yeah. Um, and... Uh, she so, really wanted Artemis, but there were already 36 of them. <laughs> other people... Or she changes it every year. I don't. I don't know. You do the Ready Player One where you put like uh, a number in, instead of the, the 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 letter E. You know. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that would that would work just anyway, as well. That's what Ready if there Player was already thirty six of the E Artemis? <laughs> uh, There's a movie coming out called Artemis. Um, it's based on another novel by Andy Weir, the guy that wrote The Martian. Okay. Okay. But it's being directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. 
Oh, so they'll get fired for that one too? Uh, no, because this is like 100% them. Like, this okay. isn't like the studio's not going to be like, hey, you took it in a different direction than we expected for this franchise. It's going to be more like, hey, we're going to let you do what you guys do really well, which is make <laughs> movies uninterrupted. Yeah. We're not Kathleen Kennedy. We're not going to screw it all up yeah. for the sake of our merchandising. I take it it's another science fiction? like. Space? Yes, it's about um, a girl that lives on the moon. Um, I can't remember much more other than right. that. Well, the that's the that's main already, character is like, is a, a solid the premise. protagonist is a lady that lives on the moon in some city on the moon. All right. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Maddie is breaking down the new mission that Riley has to go back into, into uh, her life as a hacker and infiltrate this group. Um, I made a note here because it was really bizarre. They did some very unflattering angles, I feel, for Meredith Eaton, um, where she's standing beside Bozer, and all you see is, like, Bozer's hand and his crotch. Yeah. Because, sorry, that's as tall as she is. The framing, when they're they're doing a two-shot with her and another character, should always be... Like, you should see both you should their see heights. Both, either both faces or just Meredith Eaton. Yeah, and and they, they only did it like two times. They only cut to it two times, and then from then on it was either a close-up of Meredith or the two-shot, the wider two-shot of her and Bozer. Yeah. But there was like that, it was just like, that's awkward. Yeah. Um, it just looks strange. Um, and I just feel it was kind of, like I said, it was just, I felt it was unflattering to Meredith. Um, so uh, they want Riley to go in. Jack says no. Uh... Max on the fence, but... Riley's immediately offended because yeah. Jack doesn't think that she can handle it. Even though they just had a conversation about this where he was saying, like, hey, look, you know, maybe you're not ready for this, and, you know. Like, mm-hmm. she already knew how he felt, but she's very offended that he's bringing it up yeah. here in front of Maddie. So she kind of, like, storms out to go prep, and Jack... But she had... left a bug in the room. Yeah. Uh, but Jack and MacGyver uh, stay with Maddie and have a, like, a further conversation about... She's not ready. It, all, it almost feels like there's like a time warp here because she leaves the room and Bozer follows her out and mm-hmm. they have a conversation. Like he was about to congratulate her for her first solo mission. Yeah. And she freaks out on him. But in the background, we see Jack do this like throat cutting motion, like mm-hmm. don't talk about it or yeah. something like that. But we're watching him muted through the windows. And then Riley and Bozer have this conversation where she jumped down his throat. So she apologizes, but she's like, uh, Jack doesn't think I'm ready for this, mm-hmm. and I'm really upset about it. And then she walks away, and then she turns on a bug in her ear so that she can hear the conversation that's happening in the room. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to basically right after she walked out of the room, and yeah. we hear the conversation that she was seeing muted, and we see him do that throat right, right. motion again when he's talking to Maddie. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know if it was intentional to be that way. Yeah, or, and, or yeah, that's just how it got cut together. Yeah, um, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it was it was it was noticeable that there was something like kind of going on there. Yeah, that the gesture got repeated at least. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're he's both like eventually Maddie wins MacGyver over to her side of the argument, mm-hmm. and Jack's the only one who's saying like, no, she's not ready for this. She's gonna yeah. get hurt. Uh, so, but this is also Riley's defining moment because if she doesn't come through on this mission, then she's out. Right. Like, or she's out of the field anyway. Yeah. Uh, so. We come back from the break, uh, Riley's prepping in the lab, and MacGyver and Jack come to, and of course she's immediately defensive, but Jack and MacGyver are there just mostly to give her support, give her some advice. Yeah, some tips. You know, if, if things go wrong, you know, Jack think says, on your follow feet. follow your gut. Yeah. And Max has improvised, which is their two mottos. Yeah. So, uh, they know they can't put a bug on her, because they'll sweep her for bugs, so MacGyver 
uh, gives us a little bit of a history lesson of a listening device that um, a it, passive yeah it it's not it's not active unless a microwave beam is actually charging the the device to transmit right so MacGyver rigs one up to uh, a uh, it wasn't on her necklace originally but I think he must have like affixed some it kind looked of like, like he just literally taped it to the back of the pendant yeah. on his necklace which is like so much easier to find than the bug that they were trying to right. pass off at the beginning um so and you know and he does a test where there's like a there's like a stereo in the room but he when he turns the stereo on it makes like high tech like bleep bloop bloop like sounds like yeah. i was like it's just a it's, it's just a stereo <laughs> why is it so complicated why is it making all these noises um uh and uh, so they do a quick test, like, you know, that as long as the transmitter's hitting it, um, it'll be active, and when it's off, it's not. But how microwave transmitters work off line of sight, you know, so that's great if she if they can see her. Uh, but if she were in, say, a steel and brick steel building. Steel, concrete, and brick building, it's not going to work. So hopefully she Also, doesn't... wouldn't he have to constantly be pointing it directly at her? So mm-hmm. he'd have to know exactly the direction yeah, that she's exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to know... It, it, I mean, or at least within the general range, because yeah. this is a big warehouse building. Like, yeah. you'd have to constantly, like, kind of... I suppose he could... Theoretically, if it was working through the walls, you could kind of sweep until, yeah. you, until you get the sweet spot. So it'd have but... to be, like, a, a super powerful microwave to even get through the wall, though. Correct. So, like, he's, like, pointing it at the wall, and some woman walking her dog walks by and just catches on fire. Yeah. And her dog explodes. Yeah, and... Because this looks like it's a small device, maybe powered by, like, a 9-volt battery. Yeah. Um... So I don't know. It's it. There there is some truth to the science, but I don't think it would work in this scenario with such a big building filled with metal and concrete and brick. Right. Um, but Mac and Jack are in the car across the street, watching yeah. her knock on this big door, and then um, George Murdoch answers the door. Mm-hmm. Who uh, WWE viewers might recognize as Brodus Clay. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognized him from. The Netflix series Glow, which you said you haven't seen, I still haven't seen it. It's really great, um, but it's a it's G L O W stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and it was a, a ladies wrestling group in the '80s that started up, and uh, they made videos, and then they started to do like live performances and stuff like that. It's really really great, um, and the whole cast is just awesome. Mm-hmm. It's Allison, uh, Allison Brie. Allison Brie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mark Marin is like a major character on the show, okay. and um, just everybody's really funny on it. And uh, and they got a second season now, so I didn't realize that there was much more to the story than they had already done. But I'm excited to see more of it. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as Riley knocks on the door, she's like swept for the bug, which they intended, but they don't like do anything with her laptop. Like they don't seem to like care that she has a laptop, which could also be transmitting yeah, information. Yeah. I assume she brought her cell phone because yeah. she uses it later. So, um, yeah, she walked in with a couple of automatic, uh, like, transponder devices that yeah. she could have, like, her phone could have very easily been recording and transmitting the entire like, time. He didn't say, like, give me your laptop and your phone and, like, put them in, like, a Faraday cage or a box yeah. or something like that and say, okay, come in. Like, he just let her keep that stuff. Yeah. He just swept her for bugs on her person. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't need a bug. I got my phone here. It's on. Yeah, he's like what, what, running it over the backpack and it's just going off like crazy. And she's just like, oh, that's my phone on my laptop. And he's like, oh, right. Yeah, you yeah. need bugs. We're at, we asked you to bring us bugs. Uh, so she gets in and she meets the 
crew of this uh, new hacking group. Right. Made up of Cyclone, Akira, and D-Rez, as well as the big guy who answered the door named Goliath. Right. Uh, Cyclone is played by Ronnie Jean Blevins, who has like a lot of like uh, uh, kind of like smaller credits all throughout. He's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean uh, the stuff that's at the top of his IMDb page, which is supposed to be like the biggest stuff, mm-hmm. was like Dark Knight Rises. He played a cement truck driver, <coughs> which I don't remember that character. But then I also refused to see that movie a second time. So yeah, I mean. Uh, and the, the Akira and D-Rez, they've also just got a number of, uh, like, smaller parts yeah. in different things. And But Goliath is the one that I actually recognize. Yeah, from yeah he's, he's WWE, and, and so people know, people know who he is. Uh, and so they kind of, like, are like, oh, so you're the famous Artemis 37. We don't believe you, so we're going to have you do a test. Yeah, they give they give her the swordfish test, basically. Yeah. Just without the blowjob. <laughs> so they're just like, here, hack into a thing and turn the lights off. I was like, all right, swordfish test. They're like, no, 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 we don't do that here. Oh, That'd be funny if she like cracks her knuckles and she's like, all right, here we go. She claps twice and the lights turn off and she's like, oh, I did it. <laughs> who, put that, who put that in there? Very clever. <laughs> How did you know? Well, I saw the clapper plugged in across the room. Um, <laughs> the clapper. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Um, you know, Alexa and... Google Home are just modern day versions yeah, of the Clapper. Yeah, that's true. The Clapper was the original personal assistant. <laughs> so it's 17 claps to, <laughs> to, to turn out of the air conditioning. <laughs> to order a Blu-ray of Frozen. Uh, so they want her to shut down the power grid, and so she starts getting to work, and uh, but then she just kind of like stops. Well, they also pull a gun on her. Um, to, to motivate her to, to, to start the job. Yeah. And Jack hears the gun being cocked and goes into full-on panic. And sat down on a table, yeah. Uh, so he starts trying to march in and plans to like just kind of go in guns blazing to get her out of there. And luckily, like last week, they don't have any sort of surveillance outside the building mm-hmm. to notice Two like, guys agents yelling. from a secret service trying to break into their, their yeah, complex. Their top-secret hacker hideout. Yeah. Um, but Jack... Uh, Mac is successfully stopping Jack for now while Riley pulls off the hack, but not of the power grid. She hacks the hacker's computers and puts ransomware on everything. I mean, you could just say that I locked you out. You don't have to bring up It's also not ransomware because the screens just go blue, which I'm assuming is actually we're suddenly seeing what the monitors actually looked like on set, which is the blue screen that they replaced it with. Um but ransomware is like when a message comes up that says you have to give me this much money before I can yeah I unlock mean, your computers. I mean, the concept of is that I've locked down your computer and I'm the only I can get it. I get yeah. that. But just like, say I locked do... you out of your computers. That's yeah. all you have to say. Yeah. I mean, we're using terms like ransomware. And they and they and earlier they said they're going to pay big and... Bitcoin. It's like yeah, they're just like googling internet terms. Yeah. So that they can splice them into the show, and it's like okay, yeah, we get it. Like they. I would I actually would have liked it more if they'd used one of the other like cryptocurrencies like, like if Dogecoin. it was like Dogecoin or like <laughs> literally there's like hundreds of them though there's like a whole stock market of internet currencies and it's like they just had to go with Bitcoin because they're like this is the one that people have heard of mm-hmm. but they don't know enough about so exactly it's, it's don't, sound know, high tech. I don't know how it works um, but uh, she says they have thirty seconds to to let her put in a code and of course she does. And they get their computers back. But there's this shot of the hackers with the blue screen, the the, the bad guy hackers. Yeah. Their, their computers are blue, 
There's nothing on it, but they're they're typing, and then the the computer screens come back when Riley unleashes them, and they don't react. They just continue typing as if nothing's happened. Yeah, I was like, what were you doing before, and what are you doing now? Well, they were getting up to speed. You, gotta, <laughs> you can't just wait for the computer to start up. You just start typing your sentence, and then you start over as soon as the. I mean, comes they, they they had an, they had the foresight to get a insert shot of them going, hey. My computer's locked out. But they didn't do the opposite. They didn't do the opposite. They just play that one in reverse. (laughs) 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 Perfect. Cut and frame. So Maddie is furious with Jack and pulls him out um, because uh, he's unstable and he's emotionally compromised with Riley in the field. But Riley proves herself enough to the hackers to get in on the next phase of the job. So we cut to Sam is interrogating the Chinese ambassador. Right. And because uh, we needed her to do something in this yeah, episode. It's it's kind of reminiscent to the Black Widow scene in I thought uh, so too, Avengers. except for he's the one tied to the chair instead of her. Yeah. Um and she answered the phone and was like, What? No, you this idiot this idiot's telling me everything. <laughs> yeah. Love that scene. Honestly that was that's the smarter way to do the scene. It uh, makes more sense if she's the one tied to the chair. Mm-hmm. And she's getting all the information out of him. Yeah, uh, but I guess they didn't want to completely copy. Yeah, the I Avengers. guess not. But Sam is called off by Maddie, and uh, and you know is forced to leave the ambassador tied up to a chair for now. But it's also weird because when we're joining this scene, she's already tied into a chair, so he already knows that she's mm-hmm. a foreign agent, right? And she's like, "Hey, you wouldn't want everyone to know that you let a foreign agent into your office, would you?" Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you better not tell anybody about this. Anyway, I'll see you later. Yeah. It's like she didn't get information from him yet. She's yeah. just kind of like, hey, by the way, next time you see me, you can report me as a foreign agent. Yeah, that, exactly. That, break, that broke into your office. But also they tried to play it up like he wasn't tied up at first. Like he's all smiley and goofy. And but all... also she's flirting with him the whole time, even though she's already given herself away. She doesn't need to play that character anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I mean, her she has superpowers, so... Right. I mean, as much as as uh, Patricia Thornton had her portal gun that could take her anywhere, right? Um, she seems to have Jedi mind powers that she does do anything. Yeah, uh, she's also the bad guy this season. Get ready for it. Yeah, yeah, big shocker. Um, so at the Phoenix, uh, Jill, who's another, who whose name was Lil before oh really yeah lil morgan l-i-l oh really this um, is her this, that's how she was credited before but now she's so a, she was officially in season. yeah now she's officially given the name of jill yeah um she comes in with information because her computer... it's kind of like that episode where they were they were locked into the uh the embassy in the foreign country where they just had like a different patricia thornton walk in yeah and play the patricia thornton character for that episode mm-hmm. this is the the new riley because there's like an away team riley and right. like the home riley um yeah because she's also a a hacker in training yeah I mean, she says riley's been showing me some tricks um she's mirroring riley's computer which again is another a bug. form of broadcasting another, information yeah, she they literally have a window to her um, there's a microphone on her computer all this information could be getting broadcast directly back. Um, but the they still don't know quite what's happening here, except that the hackers are about to break into a bank. Um, and the plan is not to rob the bank. Their plan ultimately is to kill the Secretary of Defense. Who lives in 
the building next to the bank, or is it currently in the building next to the bank? No, no, he's not even. He's 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 a couple miles away. But they, but the, I mean, it just seems weird that they that this bank for some reason has the hardline connection to the uh, secretary. Ah, uh, see that. See, it's not the, it's not the bank that they're after. They're after they they break into the wall, the dividing wall between the bank and the building next door. But what is the building next door? The building next door is a cybersecurity company that has. Uh, access and security implemented implemented in all kinds of wireless devices for cars, planes, medical devices. Okay. They 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 are a cybersecurity firm that handles the encryption for all these devices. And so they thought they were safe being next to L.A. City Bank or whatever. Well, I think I don't know if they they thought that they were safe, but um, they ran the lo- common lines through the exterior walls. It just seems like a bank would be more secure. Like physically than mm-hmm. a cybersecurity building. Yeah. So they could have just broken into the cybersecurity building instead of breaking into the bank. I agree, um, but uh, he says that this this line puts us behind their firewall. Yeah. So it's like a it's basically a weakness. It's a weak link that they somehow were able to know about, but somehow still need Riley for. Yeah. Um, because they're just not good enough. Uh, even though they got away with a huge score of five million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you might as well put a pinky to his mouth. It's like five even... million dollars is nothing. You broke into a bank and you took five million. That's it. Yeah, it's like that's not even enough to buy a freaking house in L- in downtown LA. You can't yeah. do anything with five million. Um, I guess, you know, I guess you know it's big money to them. Maybe they invested it. Yeah. You know what? That's what they did. They invested it wisely. I hope they invested it in big Bitcoin. <laughs> Which is like the big tobacco. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she has to hack into this cybersecurity company, and luckily the Phoenix Foundation has able with Jill. I'm gonna say I'm gonna assume her last name is still Morgan. Um, her help, they've actually reactivated the security camera so they can see what's going on inside the the bank, yeah. including the janitorial closet, which has a camera. <laughs> Right. For some reason? Yeah. There's no cameras outside the building, but there's a camera in this janitorial closet. I guess they, they really don't trust that janitor. With Actually, that's not true. They do show a camera outside the building that's pointed away from them when they're hacking into the building, but it's yeah. like, that's what the camera would be pointed at. Right. It's this little panel that people have to type into to get into the building. Uh, meanwhile, while this is happening, MacGyver and Sam are trying to convince the Secretary of Defense that he's in danger from an imminent cyber attack. Which you know, and, and his whole security detail is like, whatever. We just finished our dinner. We got to go home. Yeah, it's like we got guns. We'll we'll defend him from the the, the viruses of the internet. Uh, and so he gets away, but at this point, the hackers uh real uh have gotten in. Riley tries to stall them by typing slow, and Bozer kind of like notices that she's typing really slow. She must be trying to stall for time. Yeah. Um, but. The but she is hacking in the thing. Yeah, she is still doing her job, I guess, to stay inside. But uh, Cyclone grabs the computer from her when he realizes that she's taking too long, and that's when he sees that she's transmitting everything to an exterior person. Yeah. Um, which, I also feel like she should have had a way to mask that so that if yeah. anyone looked at her monitor that they wouldn't know that she was doing that. Exactly. Um, but she did already hack enough where they could take over. Right. And so they throw her in a trunk, and they're getting ready to enact their plan and maddie says the secretary of defense is is going to be attacked now this is happening now yeah mac and sam you need to find him it's like but he just drove away so and they run out of the building and they see his his car pull around a corner and Mm -hmm. he's like it's a late model suv like it's totally hackable yeah 
Which on the show they made it clear that you could just like type a couple buttons and hack right into a car and mm-hmm. steer it wherever you want. On Star. Yeah. Lock all the doors and Um Well MacGyver did do that in the original series. Yeah. He did hack that guy's car. <laughs> I'll take a uh, veggie pizza running through the garden. <laughs> uh, so Riley's now trapped in a trunk. MacGyver and Sam uh, stole a, a muscle car because MacGyver says this car doesn't have any modern components in it. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I mean, they may have modded the stereo or something like that, but... Uh, Little does he know it turns into a Transformer. Yeah, it's Bumblebee. Um or it's one of the monster trucks. Yeah, uh, that's Lucas, true. Same thing. <laughs> Lucas still. Same studio. Um, I'm excited for the Bumblebee movie, the standalone one. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably I forget a smart who the director decision. is, but it's somebody cool. Um, but I like Haley Stanfield too. She, I think she's the main character of it. Yeah, she's great. Travis Knight. That's right. Um, Travis Knight just did uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, I always confuse it. It's either a shoe company or or a sunglasses company that he owns that he started alongside Leica. Because oh. there, one, there's like, it's either like Nike or Oakley's because the CEOs of both of those companies started Red and and Leica. Okay. And so I always like confuse which one Wait, is which. Red is in the red camera? Yeah. Or? Oh, okay. I, I think that's the sunglasses company started the camera. Interesting. So I think... Um, I think it's a shoe company. Is Travis Knight was the CEO and then started Leica, and he actually, I think he mostly ran the company, but now has directed the most recent mm. uh, release from Leica. So, but now he's transitioning into live action. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Riley's in the trunk. MacGyver and Sam are in pursuit of the Secretary of Defense. So, uh, Riley manages to piece together a phone from stuff that's in the trunk of the hacker's car because they just kept equipment in there. Right. Um, also, but... Enough equipment to build a phone. Build a phone. In pitch darkness. Um, but also, this is also a more modern car, and all modern cars have trunk releases. Yeah. She, she. I mean, obviously, they're, they're driving, so she couldn't just, like, jump out. Jump out, out. And, yeah. But she could probably open the door enough to, like, give a location or even, like... I don't know. I feel like that she had some options here. Or maybe okay. they broke off the trunk release specifically because yeah, they were planning they on throwing her in there. Them. But just show that. It's a neat little detail to show. Um, so she puts together a phone and calls Jack because Jack's number is the only number that she knows. Which I think is a moment. That actually um, would be a, like a funny bit. Like you show the per- like they throw MacGyver in the trunk and then like they start driving and like suddenly see the trunk pop open and they slam the brakes on the car and the guy runs around he's like stupid piece of crap and he just breaks off the trunk release and slams the trunk again yeah. like, before MacGyver's able to do anything about it uh, so she she calls Jack and kind of try describes her situation uh, but uh, they're gonna the Phoenix Foundation is gonna triangulate her cell phone signal right. from, from her makeshift phone um, she wants to, to have Jack give a message to her mother if if this goes sideways. Yeah, like, if, if, if you don't hear from me again, please tell my mom. And he's like, I don't want to hear this. We're going to come get you. Yeah. Which would have been really sad if she died here. Yeah. Because then it's just like, so, uh, Riley had a message for you. I don't know what it was because I told her not to give it to me. Probably I love you. Maybe she, I hate you. She probably loved you. I'm guessing she loved you. I'm guessing. she made us save your life that one time. Yeah. Uh, so, MacGyver and Sam 
they're unable to catch up right. with the Secretary of Defense. But MacGyver says, well, tell me where he's going, and I'll get ahead of him. It's like, how is that not the same as yeah. catching up? We're unable to catch up, but we'll beat him to wherever he's going. Are they taking the scenic route? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what was happening with that. Um, yeah, the, the security detail is just like, we have to, you know, serpentine. We have to, like, zigzag our way through right. the city to get where we're going. Um, so they uh, set up a trap for the security detail, and they just put a, uh, looks like just like a lug wrench or something like that inside of a manhole. Like, well, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the Which hole I was in a manhole that you lift. Total the car. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was going to hit it and just, like, like cause the car to spin out, but it just lifts the manhole right up. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But it seems like, because they, they're not going to wreck a car right. on the show. Um, That's true. <laughs> it's not in the budget. Uh, so uh, it drags the manhole along, which forces the car to stop. And when the guys try to get out, MacGyver and Sam take them out. Yeah, they okay. beat up uh, an ambassador's entire security detail. Mm-hmm. And then they capture the Secretary of Defense. Or, yeah, not yeah, ambassador. Yeah, but yeah, you're, you were on the yeah. And But it's too late. The hackers are already implementing their plan. And he is he's supposed to be like the Secretary of Defense, like for the United States. Yes, that's a embarrassingly small security detail for yeah. the Secretary of Defense. Oh, and also embarrassing how easy they were taken out. Yeah. Uh, also, the fact that they weren't he they wasn't, were beat up like by a guy who just fixes things in his spare time and a psychologist. Yeah. Who is not supposed to be have physical military training? Yeah, but also that he was unwilling to listen to their. You have an, there's an imminent attack on you. Yeah. Like, he says, you know how many death threats I receive a day? It's like, okay, those are threats. This is an imminent attack. This is happening. Yeah. This It has we started. We for a, a think tank that has cooperated with the American military in the past. Yeah. They're, they're, think of it as a missile heading towards you right now. It's on its way. Yeah. It's not maybe on its way. Right. It is. So they get them away from the the car because they think that the plane is to hack the car and crash it somehow or to hack the plane that he was on his way to right but it turns out but they also bring his briefcase along as a yeah sort of a red which, herring i think yeah um well because i imagine it's the quote-unquote the football right i mean or something similar but does he carry that around i don't know who carries it around yeah but they had the foresight to bring it yeah so i imagine it was something important yeah um also this could be part of the Sam villain reveal is that she took the case and it's never brought up. That's true, yeah. Uh, Next week, the Secretary of Defense is like, by the way, have you guys seen that football? I'm really not supposed to lose that. <laughs> yeah, it's usually handcuffed, but it yeah. chased my wrist. Yeah, so I just kind of carry it around. <laughs> you heard about the the plan at one point was supposed to be that there was supposed to be an aide in the White House that would have it surgically implanted in their chest. So that if we ever wanted to use nukes, that we would have to kill the person whose chest it was in. That was a literal plan that actually, like, made it through some, like, some Damn. phases of coming into reality. That is patriotism, right there. Because they were like, hey, if you want to launch a nuke, you have to literally cut the button out of this guy's chest. Yeah. Or surgically well, You know, it, it worked for the Joker. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But what if that guy just got, like, punched in the gut real hard? <laughs> like Harry Houdini just accidentally pushes the button. Uh... So, uh, so the hacker's plan is in action, and all of a sudden the Secretary of Defense starts groaning in the car because something's wrong. Right. And he starts to pass out, and they're all, wait, how can they possibly be affecting him now? And Sam opens up his shirt, and you can see there's a big scar where he had a pacemaker inserted. Right. So they've hacked his pacemaker. Yeah. 
Um, we Which is evidently a thing. Yeah, we, we, we questioned the validity of this during the show, but we had to concede that the show did their research that in late 2000s, they did develop Wi-Fi-capable pacemakers and did also demonstrate how they could be hacked in the same year. So presumably the... The purpose of Wi-Fi in a pacemaker would be to like update firmware to make things or, run more smoothly, or, or? or I think to let someone know if it stops. Okay. Like if it should stop working for whatever reason, you could be alerted. Like you get a text, you get a text alert on your phone. Your pacemaker has stopped. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I thought I felt something weird. Um, so Riley, in the meantime, is hacking the car that she's in. Uh, and she manages to lock the the steering wheel. Yeah, so with that, the phone that she built in the trunk, mm-hmm. she's able to. She didn't just hack up a phone together. She's like literally got a monitor. Yeah, touched. She's got with, like an iPad. And she built a whole HUD on it, and she's just pushing buttons to control the car. She mm-hmm. locks up all the wheels and steers it around. Yeah, and so she steers it into a some concrete uh, dividers that are just on the side of the road. Right. And so the car just crashes and jack is in pursuit because they are triangulated her signal and she purposely hits them hard enough to kill people wearing seat belts mm-hmm. but not the person who's just rolling the, around loose in, in the loose trunk in the trunk but hopefully she braces herself up against the back of that seat yeah uh so that the impact would just be kind of like a <laughs> but she, uh, maybe she deactivated all the airbags or rerouted them to the trunk <laughs> I would expect to say something. Oh man, that. that All right, I'm rerouting the airbags to the trunk so that I survive this crash. Is that how they work? I think so. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Nobody's gonna look it up. (laughs) Um, so Jack gets to the wreck and gets Riley out of the trunk. He has to get the keys. Um, and I think I think the purpose of him getting the keys was to sure just to show that everyone is either dead. Or unconscious in the car, mm. um, and and Riley is just like totally like broken down. She starts crying. She's glad yeah. to see Jack. She's glad to be alive. Um, and the episode has lost its way. Yeah, because it was supposed to be about Riley proving that she can do things on her own, and mm-hmm. all we've proven is that she can't do anything without Jack's help. Yeah, and that she's not ready to be in the field. Yeah. Uh, so presumably at the end of the episode they'll be saying their fond farewells to Riley as an agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Sam and Mac are trying to resuscitate the Secretary of Defense, whose heart is being not stopped, but the pacemaker is being sent random pulses instead of uh, right. uh, rhythmic pulses. So Mac. So had, MacGyver happens to know that the regular rate that a pacemaker is supposed to beat at is like one point three seven hertz. Or yeah, it's like one point one seven or something. Yeah. I, I didn't actually write that down. But he has to have Riley stop the pacemaker first, right? So like that, she said she can't hack it to re to get back into normal function. Yeah. But she can shut it down. Yeah. So uh, she has Mac has her shut it down, and he rigs like basically the car battery through the stereo. Yeah. To do an oscillator on his phone, to to get the right frequency. Right. And then they attach the the electrodes to his chest. Right. And so now it's playing. Such a low frequency that it's literally beating every 1.37 yeah, or 1.7 yeah. seconds. So it's sending him electric shocks uh, through his chest to keep his heart running. Is that... And it brings him back. And instead of like explaining really what happened, they're just like, like he wakes up and he's like, oh my god, where am I? This... All he knows is that he got kidnapped and he had a heart attack. Yeah. And he wakes up and he's like, oh my god, where am I? And they're like, don't touch those wires or you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> We're all happy for some yeah. reason. 
It's like it's like Iron Man. He's got like yeah, a magnet in his chest. Yeah. Uh, and we... <laughs> it's like Iron Man. <laughs> well, I mean that's the yeah. No, it's know. it's. I mean, it's very similar. It's except instead of being a pacemaker, it's just keeping the shards out. But it's like he wakes up and he's like, "What Guy happened? Wires, yeah. Why is this here?" Um. Uh. I also liked in Iron Man that he could have just taken that out anytime. <laughs> that was the best part about Iron Man three. What do you mean? Oh, uh, at, at the end of Iron Man three, he says oh, that he goes to like the doctor in China and they take all the shards out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I could have done this anytime. Well, I don't think he cared. I think it was, like, the arc reactor was fine. He liked having a glowing light in his yeah, chest. I guess. Uh, so, we hard cut from the secondary defense on the ground, barely alive, to back at the pizza place. Yeah. Everyone's Shucky there. cheeses. Where a kid can't be a kid. They, they're, they're, stopped, you know, they're, they're taking out the animatronics. I'm not surprised. I, I We were looking at Chuck E. Cheese as a potential for... Addie's birthday party, and I go in there, and they don't have the play area anymore. It's mm. just the arcade has taken over the whole thing, so that it's like, no, we just want, we just want your money. We yeah. Don't, we don't want your kids to have fun. And so, and uh, there's there were animatronics up at the front of the the you know the pizza area, yeah. the dining area, and the, all the TVs in the whole store are like, oh, five minutes till showtime, mm. four minutes till showtime, and I'm like, oh, Addie, okay, so let's come over here and watch this. He's, the animatronics are gonna sing and, and play a song. And then they're like, 10, 9. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to be so fun. The lights never come on. And the countdown finishes. And then a dumb little music video plays on the TVs in the place. <laughs> I was like, I thought the TVs were directing us to the show that was going to happen yeah. on this stage. With all these animatronic characters that are sitting here in darkness. Yeah. And no, there was no show. It was just, they played a music video on the television. And then it's like, 40 minutes till showtime. And I'm yeah. like, what? What? Really? That was it? I feel like um, this is the perfect opportunity for like a pop up Chuck E. Cheese, but it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, that'd be great! Yeah, is like, um, is there like any maintenance costs involved in these animatronics dancing? I, around? I don't think that they have been touched since the eighties. Like, <laughs> just run them, just plug them in. It, it's as easy as plugging them in, and it makes the experience so much more fun than watching a music video on the TV. Yeah, with with guys in like suits, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're like mascots. They're not robots. It's cool that they're robots. Like, even as a kid, I knew that they were robots. And, and I, I thought like, that that was cool. Awesome. Um, I still say one of the best animatronics was um, uh, Hopper at uh, Disney's California Adventure in the Bugs Life area. Oh, yeah. The, they have this animatronic Hopper, the, the Kevin Spacey character. Yeah, yeah. And man, he just is so fluid in his movements. It's just, it's creepy have to look how great it is. Um, anyway, so, anyway, back to MacGyver. They're all at the pizza place. Even even Maddie's there, and they're all talking about mission critical stuff like killing people and saving the Secretary of Defense. I forget if it was in this instance or the previous instance where he was talking about. No, it was the first time we're at Chuck E. Cheese, and Jack says something about like, "Oh man, I remember coming with you as a kid, and you were, you were just running around all over this place, and you had all these tickets." And he's like, "Yeah, I won all those tickets for you on the ski ball." And she's like, "Sure you did." And he's like, "Wait, are you telling me you hacked the ski ball machine?" And it's like. <laughs> First of all, I was a child. Mm-hmm. Second of all, how do you not notice that you're failing at a skee ball machine? Like, yeah. I, if if he ha- if she hacked the skee ball machine, he's just like, oh wow, it looks like that tray at the bottom is worth the most points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep hitting that. And she's like sitting there with a laptop plugged into the thing for no yeah. reason. Oh, you're doing great, Jack. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So now we're back at the the table at the end, and, and everybody's there. It's a full Phoenix family reunion. Yeah. Um, 
But then also, like, the restaurant mascot, this giant cat, comes up to Maddie and starts harassing her. Yeah. And she makes some comment about, like, plucking his whiskers. And there's, like, a record scratch. Yeah, they play, like, a record scratch. Like, like, oh, solid burn. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what was going on there. It was pretty rough. Um, But then they invite... You know, they they you know, they talk about the mission critical stuff that they shouldn't be talking about in public. Yeah. At a Pete's place, um, and, then, and then Sam joins them. Yeah, and then Sam joins. Because they're like, oh, what are the chances the one person that we uh, that we yeah. work with that we didn't invite to the office party? Um, and uh, and she has enough time to just sit down <laughs> while Bozer and Mac like throw food at each other, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, she's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? This episode. This episode was real bad. Yeah. It was. And um, I didn't bring it up during it, but there was so much weird editing going on in this episode. Yeah. Um, I tried to do a larger uh, sampling, but I, I, I just didn't have time. But um, there was a sequence. I did a one-minute sampling, and every almost just under two seconds average, there's a cut. Yeah. Every two seconds, one, two, cut, one, two, cut. Um, but if you remove, like, the top... 10 longest scenes in that in that instance with the longest scene was 10 seconds yeah um it, it, then it's only just about every little over one second every it cuts every one second to a different angle or, yeah. or closer up it's like every one second it's so manic and it's cutting in the middle of words in the middle of lines yeah it, all over the place and usually what that's a sign of to me is that they had to frankenstein the scene together because the actors couldn't memorize the whole line and yeah. they had to Frankenstein a bunch of pieces together. It, it's so it was beyond the three camera setup. Yeah, it, it was some weird situation. Yeah, there was like there was two over the shoulder shots that were coming from either side of the car. There was two like single shots coming through the windshield. There was a double shot, like mm-hmm. a two shot coming through the windshield, and and then like a closer one that was like on the other side of the windshield. Yeah, was, it was like why are we doing this? They, they had no for MacGyver and Sam in the, in the scene they're in the car together talking. There, there's at least seven or eight different camera setups. Yeah. And uh, and she has to go through all these motions of putting on new clothes and taking off makeup for yeah. each one of them. Uh, it it was really did bizarre. She, did they imply that she changed completely out of the bulletproof dress in the passenger seat? Yeah. Why? Like it's because it's, she didn't even do anything else for the rest sexy. of the episode. But <laughs> she she did nothing else. They didn't like like they they went to the guy the secretary of defense in the restaurant. She could have been wearing the dress still. Yeah. Well, she punched some guys later. Yeah, but why not wearing that dress? Why uh, does she have to have an outfit change? I, I don't know, because the dress isn't really tactical. It's bulletproof. It's defensive. It's not tactical. Whatever. I I stand by the decision to change wardrobe. Uh, I just think it was weird. Like, they tried to make it like a sexy scene. Yeah. Like, she's all, can you undo my back? But then and you see her take off the shoulder straps, and he turns away. But all of a sudden, she's got a whole other set of clothes. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't quite... Like, she would have had to have put on pants as well. Yeah. So there's, there's like, a whole like, can bunch... Can you unzip my pants? Why, <laughs> why do you need me to do that? They're, the zipper's in front of you. Just uh, do it. Just uh, do it, my guy. It, it was like the scene in Into Darkness where Carol Marcus <clears throat> disrobes yeah. to change in front of Kirk, and she says, can you turn around? And and he turns like, around and looks sure, anyway. can you go in a different room to change? I yeah. don't know why you're here doing this. Uh... I'm not going to complain about Alice Eve taking anything off, but no, no, but but also she, he does look and she's like now just in her underwear and she goes, "Uh, do you mind?" And it's just like, oh, "Why is this in the movie? Yeah. Why is this in a Star Trek?" Was uh, that that was Into Darkness or the third in, one? That was Into Darkness. Okay, I love the third one. Though. Who did Who did Into Darkness? Was that 
JD again? Uh, no, that oh, was. Oh, it was Kirkman, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Kirkman and Orkey wrote the first two, and then Simon Pegg wrote. Oh, the no, third no, no, JJ Abrams did it. He, he did, did it. okay. And I mean, Orkey and, and Kurtzman wrote it. Oh, Kurtzman was supposed to do the third one, and then he dropped out. Yeah. And then Justin Lin stepped in. Yeah. Who, because there were creative differences. Yeah. And Justin Lin did a fantastic job. And Simon Pegg wrote the third one. Yeah. And I can't say enough good things about the third one. Yeah. Even people have mixed. A lot of people don't like the third one. Yeah, a lot of people don't like it. It was like, oh, it wasn't as much action. It was like, they were like, I don't understand. You made a Star Trek movie and they used the Beastie Boys to defeat the aliens? <laughs> Like, yes. Yes, that's what happened. It's still our universe. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this episode, not so great. Uh, Maybe the worst so far. Yeah, I I just was very frustrated and displeased with everything that was happening. The scene at the end is really indicative of the entire series. Yeah. And the problems that they have. It's really low budget. It looks like they just shot it in a Dave and Buster's. Uh huh. And. Not even a Dave the, and Buster's. It yeah, like, it's like it, it looks like a, it looks like the the food court of a mall with an arcade machine put in. Yeah, and uh, and it shows like that. That was the other really sad thing when we were at uh, at uh, Chuck E. Cheese's. They don't even have like real arcades. It's like literally just big versions of apps. Mm-hmm. It's like Doodle Jump, and yeah. you have to pay like fifty cents to play it. Yeah, it's like Fruit Doodle Ninja Jump is stuff. free. Why why am I paying any money to play this? I could play it on my phone for free right now. But, um, but yeah, and then the cat walking over and she's like, I'm going to pluck all of your whiskers, all of them or whatever. <laughs> and then it's like, Reep! and it's just like, really? Why are we doing that? Yeah. It's just so corny. It was like, maybe people will realize that that's a, that's a zing. So let's mm-hmm. put like a sound effect in there. We they were like, let's we... have the cat react to her saying that like, oh, I'm scared. It's like, oh, I'm, I can't tell what his yeah. reaction is through this dumb costume. So yeah, we'll, have we'll have to scratch. put a sound effect. Uh, also, when she says whiskers and looks at his crotch, what, what is that? What? Yeah, there's no whiskers down there. <laughs> also, that's a that's a person dressed as a cat. That's not a real cat. Yeah. So pulling his whiskers off would not do anything. It. And the and the fact that this is like the button for this episode is like. Uh, I, I don't. It's just I don't like it. Maddie wouldn't go. Uh, do it at MacGyver's place. Do it where you've always done these little moments at MacGyver's house. Well, they have the location. They already they paid all that money. They're not yeah. going to just do the one scene there. They definitely shot both of those scenes oh, immediately. the same day yeah. in within like a couple hours. Uh, it's it's a mess. Yeah. Remember when MacGyver would just drive into a town and something would be happening? Yeah, like <laughs> and... aliens were. <laughs> let's, let's do an alien episode. <laughs> what? Okay, I didn't. I wasn't quite going there. But I was talking about like the pesticide nope, labor. I want aliens, zombies, <laughs> Bigfoot. Let's get into the real stuff. Yeah. Okay. Bigfoot. All the I'll, real I'll problems facing society. I don't want to hear about hacking pacemakers. <laughs> I want to hear about legit stuff. I want Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> or I want some guy who creates a, a house that that kills you. Yeah. Exactly. Where's that? Stuff? Where's Quail? Deathlock. Ah oh, man. We should write an episode. We should write a spec. We should write a Deathlock spec. Yeah. And then we'll go to the writers and we'll say, hey, we wrote a spec. And they'll be like, you know what? Just to get back at you for all the crappy stuff you said, we're going to make the episode that you wrote. <laughs> and then read what anybody thought of it. Um, uh, yeah. I think well, that's about it for this episode. But we are excited for next week because... 
we it, we're remaking the heist episode. Yep, it's uh, if only they could get you know Vernon Wells in there. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Um, it's called Roulette Wheel and Wire, and according to Andrea Seitz, uh, it was originally slated to be the second episode, um, but they're playing them out of order for mm. whatever reason. They do um, that. I don't yeah. know why they do that. Uh, so yeah, next week we're gonna have Roulette Wheel and Wire, which is. Like, even in the promo for the episode, it said something like, we're taking the heist to new heights. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, literally a blatant reference to the fact that this episode was called The Heist the first time. Yeah. Um, And they they showed a shot of him, like, with a vacuum cleaner suction climbing gear. Yeah, climbing the outside of a building. Which I'm pretty sure happened on an episode of Archer. Like him climbing up the outside yeah, they, of the they, building like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they climbed up on the outside of a building. But they had like the, the more practical suction cup one that you yeah. that you have like the thumb and to release. And then, yeah, and you have the, the new, actual the new tactical ones, ones instead yeah. of the MacGyver made ones. Um, but yeah, so uh, look forward to that. Yeah. I was pretty sure, I, I told Andrea that there's no way that the casino is not going to be owned by a woman named either Catelyn or Caitlin. <laughs> because they're just ginger swapping everyone but Mac and Jack. But they don't. I don't think they have a cast for it, right? Uh, I don't know. She, uh, she actually had some information on the production and made a prediction as to who would be the casino owner, which was actually a female. Um. The only woman I see in the credit so far is, uh, it's, It wasn't someone from the credit. It was someone from, because Andrea actually follows, like, all the information about the show. Oh, okay. On, uh, on, like, every single cast member's Instagram, and she just has all this information, so... She's an invaluable resource to us. Um, and she also confirmed our suspicion from last week that the Cuba stuff was all second unit. Um, she sent some pictures. If you want to check them out on the uh, on the Facebook page, she sent some pictures of them shooting the motorcycle sidecar stuff in, in Cuba with the, the stunt doubles. Um, Carolina Wydra, or Carolina Wydra with a K, mm. um, is an actress's name who apparently makes an appearance in that casino episode okay. she's not on the imdb page for it yet but um she'll be in the episode and i'm i'm sure she's the name will be catlin or caitlin or something mm-hmm. like that um but yeah i think that's about it for this episode mm-hmm. um if you want to share your thoughts you can find us on twitter at opening gambit you can find our facebook page uh facebook.com slash phoenix foundation podcast or our website phoenix foundation podcast.com and if you're digging the show feel free to review us on itunes Tune in next week when we cover Roulette, Wheel, and Wire. And thank you for listening. Thank you.